Welcome to the Redemption Church Podcast. We exist to become witnesses to God's new creation so that every man, woman, and child has a daily encounter with Jesus. We believe that as a family of servant missionaries, we are empowered to participate in God's story because of the good news that King Jesus is making all things new. In our continuing series on why the church matters, Pastor Nate Bowers asks what it means that the Spirit of Jesus is with us. I want to take a couple minutes and encourage us and lead us through a little portion of Ephesians chapter 4. And what I'm about to share with you is essentially a brief intro of where we're going to be going in the next several weeks of our preaching series that we're currently in. As you may recall, we are in a teaching series called Church Matters. And in this series, we're seeking to answer questions like, what is the church? Why does she exist? Who is it that's supposed to lead the church? How does the church learn to take up its role in the story and mission of God? And over these last couple weeks, as you probably can recall, Scott has been helping us grab hold of this bigger story that we are in and leading us into asking, how does the church learn to take up its role in the age in which we find ourselves? And so we've defined the church uh, for our purposes in this story as the church is the people of God in the overlap of the ages who are empowered by the Spirit to be witnesses to Jesus' resurrection. And so now we want to take some time to ask, well, who is this Holy Spirit? And how does he help the people of God organize their lives around the kingdom in order to show the kingdom? And over the last couple of weeks, and then going forward, we've been in the book of Ephesians. We've been looking at, we're going to look at the work of the Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit that he gives to us. And so, even as we prepare to continue to go through Ephesians, I just want to take a couple minutes right now, well, just a quick minute, and encourage you with a couple resources on the book of Ephesians for your own personal study. These are uh, just some helpful commentaries that I've personally benefited from. The first is by N.T. Wright. Uh, he has this small little series called, um, well, this section is called Paul the Prison Letters, and he walks through all of Paul's letters written to churches from when he was in prison. And so, this one called Paul the Prison Letters is particularly really helpful. It goes over Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, and Philemon. I'd highly recommend it to you. It's very accessible, great uh, commentary. And then the second one would be by John Stott. This is on the whole book of Ephesians. I read this uh, commentary. I had I put the date in it back in 2009 uh, when I was in my early 20s. I just read through that kind of devotionally, worked through the whole book of Ephesians over a year or two. I'd highly recommend that commentary as well. Uh, and again, it's very accessible, very easy to understand, reading a short section of the text and then looking at some of the commentary uh, from some of these world-class theologians. So I'd recommend both of those to you for your own personal study, uh, since we're going to be in Ephesians for several more weeks as a church in this series. But so for today, like I said, we're going to be in Ephesians 4. Uh, specifically, we're going to look at verses 1 through 6. So if you want to read along with me, I'm going to read these first six verses for us. Ephesians 4, starting in verse 1, Paul says, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. 
So in this passage, Paul is exhorting his friends in the church in Ephesus to walk in a way that reflects their calling. He is saying to them, live your life so that the gospel of Jesus will be evident. He is saying to them, walk in a manner that looks like you've actually been called by God. Well, what does it look like to reflect that type of life? What does it look like to live a life that reflects the gospel of Jesus? Well, if you think about it, if you step back and say, well, what is the gospel? At the very center of the gospel is the fact that Jesus has brought together God and sinful man where we had rebelled against God. Jesus has now stepped in as the true human, as the true Israel and reconciled us to God. So this work of reconciliation, this story of what Jesus has done by taking up the role of Israel, that's what Paul has been talking about in Ephesians 1 through 3, about a big picture of the story and the mission of God. And so now he's saying, live your life in such a way that it points to that story. Well, what does that look like? Look at verse 2. He says, walk with humility, walk with gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another, in love, eager, he says, verse three, to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. He's saying that we're called to be united together, not just because it's good to be kind and patient to each other, but because our kindness and patience to each other reflects the fact that a new king is on the throne. The fact that we are loving and patient and in unity together reflects the fact that a new king has stepped in. And then if you look at verses four through six, he lists out all of these one statements. He uses the word one, I think it's seven times in this passage. Look at verse four. There's one body and one spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and father of all who is over all and through all and in all. So Paul is saying to them, Walk in a way that shows that you are united in unity, in oneness, showing that God himself is one. He says, make your lives so at harmony and at love that you reflect the fact that there is only one body, and that's the body of Jesus. There is only one Lord, and that is Jesus. Remember, at this time, there was another one claiming to be Lord of all, and that was Caesar, the ruler in Rome. And Paul was saying to them, show that there is another Lord who really is on the throne. But for us, how do we experience and know this one God? It's through his spirit. And as we said over these next couple of Sundays, we're going to be diving specifically into who the Holy Spirit is, what his work is, how he gifts us as the church. He gives us unique, different gifts. He equips us. But for us today, these next couple minutes, I want us to just consider what it means that the Spirit of Jesus is with us. He is with us right now. He's with me right now in my office. He's with you as you're watching this video. He is with all of Redemption Church and all of his church scattered throughout Hampton Roads. Well, in the book of 2 Corinthians in chapter 13, in one of Paul's most famous closing remarks, he talks about what it means that we know God through the Spirit. He says, The grace of the Lord Jesus, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. So 
in this other letter, not in the one we're looking at now in Ephesians, in Paul's second letter to the church in Corinth, he's writing to them in the midst of their suffering, in the midst of their hardship, and he reminds them they have a unique partnership, a unique oneness, a unique fellowship and connection and union with God. He is telling them that the God of Israel, the God who had made promises and covenants to Israel, is now with them through his spirit. One author writes this, Paul's final reference to the fellowship or to the communion of the Holy Spirit brings a decisive reminder of his message to the church in Corinth and to us. Namely, that salvation consists not in the possession of gifts, but in communion with the giver. This communion, according to Paul, is affected by the Spirit. It's brought to reality through the Spirit. And the Corinthians have thereby been brought, check this out, into a saving face-to-face relationship with God. The Spirit is nothing other than God in his saving presence, in communion, in fellowship with indwelling human beings. So Redemption Church, this morning, we have the communion in life and participation of the one triune God with us because of his spirit who is with us, who is alive, who is at work in us, in all parts of our body. This is not just some metaphysical spiritual reality that we claim to believe that we just pretend is there or we just pretend the spirit is with us. No, the God of the universe has now said, I will be in union with you through my spirit because of Jesus. Through the Holy Spirit, God has now arrived onto planet earth because his abiding presence is with us in his spirit. Again, I referenced this earlier. The God who had been with Israel, the God who rescued them from Egypt, the God who called Abraham to come follow him to a new land, the God who brought Israel into the promised country, the God who made laws and covenant with them, that same God is with us through his spirit. The God who spoke Jesus out of the grave, who spoke and he was resurrected, that powerful spirit is at one with us now. This is the reality of what the good news of Jesus has accomplished for it, not just delivering us from Satan, sin, and death, but now the Spirit is God's presence physically with us, pointing us always to Jesus. The Holy Spirit, the fact that he's with us, is proof positive that the new age, the new creation, is here right now. We know it's not fully here because Jesus himself is not physically here with us, but his Spirit is here with us as he empowers us to figure out who we are as God's people in this time in history. So as I said, in the coming weeks, we're going to be looking more at this, learning more about what this unity is that we have by the Spirit. We're going to learn about the gifts that the Spirit has given us. But for right now, as we go to close, I just want to ask you two questions that I want you to consider. Question number one, for you today, what difference does it make that the Spirit of Jesus is with you. I'm going to repeat that. For you today, what difference does it make that the Spirit of Jesus is with you today? Second question, what is one area of your life that you would like to see the Spirit of Jesus work in?
Question number two, what is one area of your life that you would like to see the Spirit of Jesus work in? Thank you for listening to the Redemption Church Podcast. To learn more about our kingdom ministry located in Chesapeake, Virginia, visit weareredemption.org.